Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. Robert here with Dustin. And before we get started, we want to give you a great message from Simply Safe. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way, where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection. Two-time winner of CNET Editor's Choice Awards. Listen, Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass brake sensors guard the inside. You barely notice it's there. But what's truly remarkable is you can set up the system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops. And there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice, 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. So go to simplysafe.com slash team today and you'll get free shipping on a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. UVA okay. football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin, and you've already heard from Rob doing that wonderful ad read. And we're here today coming off of a huge win from UVA basketball over Louisville. And I think it was great. You know, we've beaten the top three teams in the ACC. Well, who were the top three teams? We are now the second best team in the ACC thanks to that win over Louisville. How are you feeling going into the ACC tournament, Rob? I don't know, man. It's kind of like mixed feelings, you know? Oh. Not mixed in a bad way. Okay. But like, we've won eight in a row, but like, how confident are we, I guess? Like, I, we keep winning. Yeah. But uh, what? I think we've won the last eight games by a combined like 16 points. It's not many. It's and, crazy. And and I feel actually a lot more confident than I did in early January, I think just because we now know how to win those close games. Because the, this, this team earlier was not able to win really close games like that. And so I think it's really important that this team has shown that they can win and they've been doing it for a long period of time, yeah, which has so been great. I think it's eight in a row, 11 in the past 12. Yeah. And we were joking about this. So we did our preseason predictions. You can go mm-hmm. back and fact check to us. That podcast is out there. Yeah. But we did our preseason predictions and we were making fun of ourselves because all our predictions like a month ago seemed way higher than this team would actually mm-hmm. finish. But guess what? Your boy nailed it. 23 and seven. So thanks, Tony Bennett. Thanks, Kihei Clark. <laughs> I hit well, football, what, too. What losses did you have, though? That's not important. not important. The final record was there. Okay. But um, no, dude, I mean, like how you finished the season was it's pretty cool, man. Like yeah. straight up, like 
if you had asked me in January how this team would finish, I mean, we had an episode where we talked about the NIT. Yeah. Like, and now what? We're six seed, maybe? I mean, depending mm-hmm. on how well we do in the ACC tournament, maybe yeah. a five seed. I mean, we came yeah. from so far to get to this point. I think it's incredible. I think that, you know, from where we were and where we used to be, I think it's been a really, a lot of improvement. A lot of it has to do with, you know, certain people figuring out their roles. Kihei's done a really good job of figuring out how to distribute the ball a lot better. Mamadi's done a great job of facilitating his game, getting inside a lot more. He's also worked on his jumper a lot, which, you know, I hate when he takes those long twos, but he's gotten a lot better at it, which is nice. Uh, Tomas. He's Tomas, Tomas, he's Tomas yes. now, not Thank Thomas, <laughs> which has been really confusing for me in recent weeks. But Tomas has been really able to shoot the ball really well. He hasn't over the past three games or so. But before that, he was able to really shoot the ball, get a lot of other people involved and going. And I think that it's been really a boost for us in terms of scoring. Yeah. And so I think there's just a lot of things with this team that's come together. And I think this team figured out who they are. And what their identity is. And I think that's been really important. Because, you know, in, in past years, especially the past two years, we've known this team's identity. It was, you know, great shooting on the outside, some a little bit of an inside presence, and really good defense. And this team, it's like, okay, we have really good defense, and our offense is kind of bad. But we will not let other teams score that much, and we will get inside as much as we can. And how, th- how would you define this year's offensive identity on this team? Bad. Just bad. Bad. No, well, so I think Mamadi is the is the identity of this offense. As Mamadi goes, this offense is going to go. And Mamadi's been really, really consistent over the past couple games, not making sure he's not getting into foul trouble, uh, hitting some tough shots, hitting difficult shots down the stretch. If you think back to the, the Duke game where he made that terrible mistake on the other end with the, with the goaltending, yeah. and then yep. on the other end, he, you know, he knocked the guy down, no foul called, and then he but had an easy land. So Mamadi's had some really clutch shots. Kihei's had some clutch shots too. If you think back to Tech, think back to the Louisville game as well, Kihei's been able to hit those tough shots. So I think that this team does enough to be in the game at the last possession, and that's where exactly where we want to be. Yeah, no, I mean, you hit exactly on the point I was trying to make is, you know, every time we talk about this team, it's like, what's improving? Well, Kihei Clark is getting, you know, making better decisions. He's making plays when it matters. We've talked about Kihei Clark before. And, you know, we've talked about Jay Huff every now and then. Thomas uh-huh. Waldatensai when he went on, or Tomas, excuse Tomas. me, uh, when he went on his tear. You know, we talked about him. But it's kind of like in all of this, we kind of forget Mamadi Diakite is still here. And, you know, he, at the beginning of the year, it became very clear that Mamadi was trying to expand this game. He was taking threes. He was taking these long twos, things that we hadn't seen him do before. You know, before he was just rolling on pick and rolls he was dunking he was getting layups but there wasn't this outside part of his game and you know he started doing that at the beginning of the year and he struggled a little bit here and there and you know you looked at how he was playing and sometimes you kind of forgot you know that not necessarily that he was there because he was a defensive presence but he wasn't really you know lighting it up offensively but you go back to the past couple games and you even look at the box score on the season, you know, he's our leading scorer by three points per game. He leads uh, our team in averaging 13.7 points per game. Kihei Clark is second at 10.8. I mean, Mamadi, when Mamadi is really clicking, and he was yesterday against uh, Louisville, and, you know, I think he had 18 points. Kihei had 18 too. But it just brings so much more to this offense. And it even goes back to the kind of the early Tony Bennett days where, you know, you had an Anthony Gill, you had... 
uh, Akil Mitchell, and there was really that inside scoring presence. The past mm-hmm. couple of years, we've gotten out of that because we've, our guards have been so great. Right. But now with Mamadi kind of hitting his stride and Jay, you know, having good games here and there, it's a new element to this offense that I think has been really pivotal to help this team that, you know, quite frankly, it isn't elite at the guard right now. Well, especially because if you have a good inside game, it's going to open it up on the outside a little bit more as defenders slough in to try and help out down low, especially on a guy like Mamadi, especially on a guy like Jay, who's so dynamic and can really score at will, as we saw against Miami when he scored the first 17 points. Like, that's crazy. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> uh, Jay was the, the whole team for that game. And I don't think we have to talk about that game a lot. It was ugly. It was a huge rock fight. But I do want to talk about the Louisville game. And I think we should dive right into that. So to start off, UVA wins 57 to 54. And we were up seven at halftime. And we only won by three. But we still win. And Louisville kind of had us on the ropes for a little bit at the end. They got hot shooting threes late. and But we were able to stick to our defense, and we were able to pull out a win, once again, seemingly from nowhere, you know, hanging on at the very last second and winning 57-54 against a very good Louisville team. Was there anything, Rob, that you noticed or liked or enjoyed during that game? I mean, to me, the thing that stood out, which does give me confidence going into the ACC tournament and going into the NCAA tournament, is we've seen these games where, UVA is just in a rock fight the entire way where it's back and forth and maybe Virginia will fall behind and they'll have to come back at the end. But at one point in this game, Virginia was up 14 points in the second half. It was 43 Mm -hmm. to 29 on, by the way, like a 10th ranked Louisville team. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, this isn't any pushover. So I really like that. We saw kind of for the first time in a while, this team has the ability to get ahead. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, like every game this year, it came down to the final possession pretty much, but it gave me confidence to see kind of this UVA team go on a run to hold a lead. And, you know, it wasn't the, you know, quote unquote, cavalanche that we've seen from these other teams in the past. But it started at the end of the first half. Virginia got out to a couple point lead and they kind of kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And, you know, that's just not a thing that this UVA team has done. So for me, that was comforting to see, you know, what, a 10 minute stretch, 12 minute stretch where this UVA team was clearly the better team on the court Mm -hmm. and of course we've seen like you said uh these matchups at the end they're always close every game's close pretty much and uva like you said you know at the beginning of the season they didn't find ways to win now they are finding ways to win so those were the two big things you know finishing at the end and then just the fact that we were out that far ahead but I don't know if you'd notice anything different there. Well, what I liked is that I liked that Kihei was our leading scorer with 18 points. He was 5 of, seven from, or five of 12 from the field, three, 2 of 3 from the three-point line, made all six of his free, th- uh, free throws, and he had five rebounds to go along with that. Uh, five assists, two turnovers, only one foul for him. So Kihei had a really great game. He played 38 minutes, so he only sat for a little bit. I think that going into, you know, going into March, you always think about a couple of different things, right? You need a, a solid defense. You need a good offense. and But the most thing that people talk about when you're thinking about a team that goes far in the NCAA tournament is you're thinking about, does this team have a really good guard who can lead them or a point guard who can really take control of the game? Now, I don't, I'm not sure if Kihei is a point guard that can take control of the game, but you know he, he's been able to do that at times this year. He made the last shot on our last possession against Louisville. I think Kihei's really grown into his role and he's been much more comfortable for sure 
than he was at the beginning of the year in terms of being a distributor, as well as knowing when he does have to take over, drive it to the rim, and also hit some tough shots late. The one thing I'll say about Kihei is what concerned me with Kihei Clark coming into this season was we knew what he could do, but we didn't really know like how high the ceiling was. Right. You know, he's 5'9", I'm guessing he's like 5'7". I don't know how actually tall he is. Yeah. But a short guard, you know, not heavily recruited. There was the tweets coming out, you know, people saying, is this guy even an ACC caliber player? We saw him make plays, but, you know, he struggled finishing around the rim. You know, in my head, I'm like, all right, I know what this guy can do. I don't know how much higher it can get, though. But he's mm-hmm. continued to progress throughout the season. And, you know, even some people are talking right now of having him as a second team all-ACC point guard right now, presumably yeah. behind Trey Jones, mm-hmm. which would be, you know, incredibly high praise for a guy that, you know, <laughs> he was committed to UC Irvine just, what, mm-hmm. two years ago. Yep. So uh, I like that he's grown and, you know, he's only a sophomore still. And that was a quote Mamadi Diakite had. I mean, this is going to be the Luke May. The guy, people are like, how is this guy still how out is he here? still here? So... To me, that's the thing that's really comforting about Kihei. Now, you say guard play going into the postseason ACC tournament, March Madness. You know, we're still only 4 or 14 from 3, you know, 28.6%. That's, you know, never going to be a strength of this team. Half of them were from Kihei. Yeah, that is true. And one of them was from Jay. Yeah, so I don't know. I still think there's concern there, and I think if you really want to make a run, get to that second weekend of the tournament, you're going to have to see more from Tomas. We're going to have to see the mm-hmm. shooting performances we saw in February. Yeah. But yeah, you know, Kihei just keeps making plays, and every ACC coach out there in their post-game press conference is talking about him. Hey, let's talk about Tomas for a sec, because this was not a great offensive game for him, as it hasn't been for the past two or three. And to be honest, he, he didn't shoot well that at all he had three points on one of seven shooting uh he was one of five from three he did have one rebound he had no assists one turnover he did end up with four steals though so it seems like he's getting more comfortable with the defense a little bit but his offensive game has not been there and i think with tomas i think that he's a really streaky shooter i think that it and it and it's lasted you know if you look back to the beginning of season you can even say you know that that was a bad streak he had to begin the season right because and we know that he had wrist surgery and we know that he was coming into a new team as a transfer from a from a community college but now in the middle of the season he was excellent he made a lot of shots got himself up to mid 30s and three point range percentage even though he had that terrible start to the year and now he's kind of fallen back so tomas really goes up and down with his shooting i think it's uh Hopefully, he can get that go up on a high streak coming into the ACC tournament as well as the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and I mean, he's shooting 36% from three right now, which is actually third best on the team, although it's on significantly higher volume. Right. You know, Mamadi Diakite's second, he's shooting 36.4%, but he's only taken 55 threes compared mm-hmm. to Tomas's 144, and Kihei's taken 96 threes. So he's taken 50% more threes than the second highest player on the team. So. Right. You know, he is our best three-point shooter, you know, when it comes down to it. And I think if we're going to want to make a run in March, get to that second weekend at least, it's got to, he's got to, you know, be where he was a month ago. Right. And I don't know what that takes. I think that teams have actually keyed a lot on him more. And the thing about Tomas is I don't, if you, there's been a lot of comparisons to Kyle Guy in terms of like how he shoots and how he can, you know, hit any shot he wants to, but he, there are some, there is some streakiness to him. I think with Kyle, I think Kyle had a little bit more of the explosiveness off of cutting. I think he was better at at hitting those screens a little bit. Tomas, 
is not able to shake defenders off of him. So Tomas, when he comes off a screen, it always seems like the defender's right there with him. And you can look to the Louisville game. Uh, Ryan McMahon was staying with Tomas for most of the game, or a lot of the game at least. And so he was not able to get any good looks. He he made one shot, but it was pretty wide open, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And But otherwise, you know, Tomas, a lot of the times, if you think back to the Louisville game, first time we played Louisville, when Tomas had 27, he was on fire, he he couldn't miss, but he he was, a lot of it was just coming off a screen and then popping a shot and fading away sometimes. It was, they were not easy looks for sure. And he was able to get away from his defender, but I think teams have keyed in on him a lot more, especially after that game when he kind of blew up uh, nationally, I think, and so that goes to show that, you know, if teams are keying in more on him, it's going to leave more opportunities for other players. And I think that Kihei and Mamadi have really, ste- and Jay too, have really stepped up in Tomas's absence in his kind of slump that he's in. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And, you know, he's he still played a large role yesterday. You know, even yeah. though he wasn't hitting, he played 32 minutes. And, you know, really the two guards that can play his spots, Casey Morsell and Cody Statman, mm-hmm. Morsell played... 11 minutes and Cody played a 16. So yeah. like, you know, Tomas made a couple plays defensively too. I mean, Tony Bennett knows, you know, he's arguably the best coach in America right now. He knows he's got to have the shooting to make this team work. And Casey and Cody aren't really providing that right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's firmly in the starting lineup, whether he shakes this or not, he's going to be playing a lot. Yeah. So, you know, let's just hope he does. You but know, I think he, I think he's got a shot too. I, I want to talk about the bench for a little bit because we really don't have that big of a bench at all this year. We have no deep bench. Uh, Justin McCoy has not played very much at all in ACC season. Kafaro is losing minutes, especially to teams yeah, that he didn't are play going, yesterday. Didn't play yesterday. He's losing minutes to teams that are going smaller. Louisville went smaller yesterday. Malik Williams was out, and well, he wasn't out, but he wasn't playing that much. So I think that you know, Kafaro wasn't really going to play that much at all. Um, Chase Coleman hasn't been in the lineup for several games, or at least not that much. And so I think that the only uh, a concern that I have going into a tournament like the ACC tournament where you play, you know, it, it, we got a double bye, but you'd play three games in three days. That's a lot of minutes and that's a lot of not rest for a team like UVA that doesn't have a lot of bench. And I know that you can look back and look at teams that don't have that much of a bench historically like Syracuse or Duke who also play in this tournament but they don't win a lot in the tournament and if they do win they don't really do well in the NCAA tournament either so I'm concerned about the the stamina of our guys especially our guards like Kihei, Tomas, and uh, Braxton who plays almost the whole time. See I'll take the opposite side once it gets to March, I don't really care what the bench is. You, you just know. you just want to let them play? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you have to. Yeah. I think the bench is there to, you know, prolong, you know, the ability of these guys to keep playing throughout the season. I uh-huh. think that's part of the reason why Chase Coleman played more early than yeah. he's been playing now. Once you get to March, I mean, you can go into every game not knowing if you have another 40 minutes looking ahead of you. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're talking about a Final Four run, you know, I probably want to have a bit more of a bench. But yeah. I think to start, you got the best five players. And I think... Thankfully, Tony Bennett finally found a starting lineup mm-hmm. that he likes. And, you know, all of these guys who are in the starting lineup played at least 32 minutes yesterday. Yeah. I'm not concerned so about I, that. I'm not saying I disagree with, with playing those guys for 32 minutes each more. 
but I, I am saying I'm concerned about their ability to last that long throughout the month of March. Yeah. I think it'll show itself more in the ACC tournament yeah. if we get lucky enough to get that third game, right. the championship game, than yeah. it will in the NCAA tournament. Oh, for sure, yeah, because at least you get a day off in the NCAA tournament if we're lucky enough to make it out of the first game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, and it, even, at, even looking at Cody and Casey's stats, like, there's a lot of zeros in their stats. Cody had 16 minutes. Uh, he had one rebound. Uh no points. Oh, no points of one. No, ass- oh, just one. One shot. No yeah, assists. No, no assist. turnovers. No fouls. No blocks. No steals. Nothing. Not just one rebound. And Casey was one of two. He had one block, one turnover, two points in eleven minutes. And so they're not even bringing that much to the table when they do play. Although I do think that they play good defense when they're in. Yeah, which I think kind of explains why they're not shooting or at least right. involved in the offense as much. Right. Exactly. But. I don't know. Is there anything else on Louisville you want to hit on while we're here? Because I know we, we want to talk about tournaments coming up as well. But anything, you know, it's a top 10 win. And, mm-hmm. you know, as Danny Neckel, you know, was gracious <laughs> enough to point out, uh, you know, it was our fourth AP top 10 win. At home. At home, yes. Even though I would argue against North Carolina being called a top 10 team. We were number we were, five at we the time. We were also <laughs> a top 10 team. We were a top five team yeah. at that point. <laughs> It's like Purdue saying they have a top five win at home over us. That's ridiculous. We were definitely, (laughs) we should not, no way we should have been that high. I mean, even though we hadn't lost a game yet and we were highly ranked to begin with, the the team was clearly not as good. Well, it goes back to like right after we won the championship last year, how we were the preseason favorite or like immediately the betting favorites to repeat. And I was like, well. that That was because, that was because no one had declared, everyone was coming back. Yeah. But, but but no, I, I understand. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's interesting to look at it that way because our net ranking does not reflect that for sure. Do you have an opinion on the net ranking? I like haven't paid attention to it. Net ranking is weird. And I talked a little bit about this last week, but the net ranking has a lot to do with where you win and also how much you win by. So because we don't win by a lot, even though we win a lot of games, it does our net ranking has not changed that much. And so our net ranking is a lot, the net ranking is a lot based on how much you win by. So because we win by one, two, or three points every time, it doesn't matter if we're at home or on the road or if we're playing Miami or if we're playing Louisville or Duke, we always seem to play to the the level of our opponents. And so we always seem to be in that last second kind of thing. So we've been hovering around 50 for a long time. And we actually moved up to 41. We're 41 right now as of today. But we we were hovering around 50 for a long time just because we could not move up because our net ranking was cons- based on how much we were beating other teams by, which was not that much. Gotcha. I think beating a, a team like Louisville, who was very high in the net ranking, they're number eight right now. I think being a team like them helps a lot. But beating teams like Miami by three or Notre Dame by one, it doesn't help that much. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I know there's a lot of talk about it. There's a lot of talk about it. I think that it's a good way of judging a team. It's one way of judging a team based on where they win and how much they win by. I don't think it's the only way we should look at teams. Like I think like the, the quadrant rankings I think are really helpful to look at. I think if you're looking at offensive and defensive efficiencies, I think that's good like a Kimpom. That's a really good source to use and which the committee does use now. They use Kim Palm to help them out. 
I think looking at just, you know, bad wins, sorry, bad losses and good wins, I think that's helpful as well. So there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but I think the net ranking is one of them. It's better than, I don't know if it's better than RPI. RPI was confusing to me. Yeah, I agree. But I think that net rankings is just kind of another way to look at it. And I think, I don't really have an opinion on it. Okay. For, for sure. Okay. I don't have an opinion on it either. So like, for example, like Richmond is above us in the net rankings. And does, <laughs> does that mean that we're worse than Richmond? Not necessarily, but it just goes to show that, you know, net rankings doesn't always mean that you're good. Yeah. I saw something, I think it's that the worst team in the Pac-12, which was Washington, yes, yeah. <laughs> has a better net ranking than the best team in the Pac-12, which was UCLA. Does that mean that Washington's better than UCLA? Maybe because the Pac-12 is super weird, but I, I don't think the net rankings necessarily means that a team is better than another team. Okay. Yeah, that, that's my take. <laughs> I like it. Do you have a take on the net? No, I'm just tired of people complaining about <laughs> it. I'm just ready for the tournament to start. Ready for the tur- <laughs> well, we only got a week left. It is Sunday. Uh, the bracket will come out next Sunday as well. Hopefully it doesn't get... I don't like when it gets leaked. I hope that... We they actually, normally do a good job about like protecting against. There it. was a couple of years ago where the full yeah, bracket leaked, yeah. and it was just a, a miserable <laughs> it used to get time. Out of hand. Yeah, and they did it. They also did it a couple of years ago where they went alphabetically instead of by region, which was also terrible. Uh, that's yeah. That's I don't remember that, but I would hate that. It was awful. It was a terrible time. But but I hope that we get it by region and it doesn't get leaked because I do like watching the. The teams celebrate. I like watching the whole experience and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So before we get to the NCAA tournament, though, let's talk. We got to get through the ACC tournament. tournament. Yes. So we have the bright idea because we're brilliant and we're going to predict this right of going through (laughs) and telling you how the ACC bracket is going to pay off. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, we I'm not good at picking brackets. I'm really bad at picking brackets. My my tournament bracket for the NCAA is always bad. And I can, I, I, cause I pick with my heart, not with my brain, which is good sometimes, but not all the time. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through, uh, each round of the, of the 2020 ACC tournament being held in Greensboro. And we're going to try and see who we think is going to win and could be UVA, could be not. Rob and I have not discussed this. We do not know each other's picks, but we are going to go through each game. We're going to see who wins and we're going to see if it is actually correct. So, Rob, we're going to start off with the Tuesday games, everyone's favorite Tuesday games. 4.30 and 7. 4.30 and 7. Uh, first game is Wake Forest versus Pitt, the 12 and 13 game. And then the second game is Virginia Tech versus North Carolina. That is the 7 o'clock game. So, Rob, who do you have winning those two games? Give me Wake Forest and give me North Carolina. Oh, so, wow. Wake Forest over Pitt. I don't really have an opinion here. I haven't watched either of these teams besides from when they're playing UVA, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I kind of like Wake Forest a little bit in this matchup. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's about all have, I got. Even though you haven't watched them. <laughs> yeah, okay. and then uh, UNC, you know, it's kind of selfish. I I do kind of want to see Virginia Tech lose first day. On Tuesday? But no, yeah. I mean, they obviously have more star power. They have Cole Anthony. They have mm-hmm. a couple five stars on the roster, you know, and, you know, they're not, it's not like they're... a terrific team right now but they're certainly mm. better now than they were a month or so ago oh for sure so yeah. i'll give me north carolina here what yeah about th- you? i'm i'm gonna go opposite i'm gonna take Pitt and tech um okay I, no i'm sorry i'm i'm taking Pitt and north carolina i was looking ahead a little bit yeah. i'm taking Pitt and north carolina <laughs> uh Pitt, i like 
I like how they play. They've got some athletes, and I don't think Wake Forest really has any like chance to do anything. Wake Forest has got some good players, but but I think they're just kind of been in the, the, the trash can of the ACC for so long, at least for the last 10 years or so, that I really have no faith in them doing anything. Whereas Pitt, you know, they, they have Jeff Capel, uh, a little bit of momentum behind them. I think that they could be doing something in the ACC tournament. Hopefully in a couple of years they're better because I like it when Pitt's good. I think it's good. It's better for the ACC that way. So I, I think Pitt wins that game. And then for the second game, I think North Carolina is playing really well right now. Uh, Cole Anthony's back. Brooks has been playing really well. Baycott's a monster down low. I think that North Carolina wins that second game. All right. So, so we got our Wednesday matchups. Wednesday now. matchups are a little bit more fun. Yes. I would say. <laughs> I agree. So the first one at noon, Clemson versus Miami. Do you have a horse in this race? I think Clemson. Clemson's Clemson. been playing good. They they play well at home, although they are not at home currently. Miami's got a long way to travel to get to Greensboro. They might be tired. I take Clemson. See, I'll I'll go Miami here just because I like Larinaga. Okay. I think Larinaga has a tendency to kind of show well in these little tournament like settings. Uh-huh. So I'll go Miami here. Well, I I'm wondering if Chris Likes is going to be back. That is that true. Game. I didn't think about that. Yeah, Chris that Likes. Chris Likes took an elbow in the game against Virginia. Was out for their next game, and uh, Clem. But Clemson did beat Florida State, Louisville, and Duke. So three of the top four teams they beat it at home though. So unclear if they'll be able to win in a neutral site okay second second game you have uh wake forest versus nc state yeah but i don't think it really matters i'll take nc state here i I agree with you i would take nc state in that game any any reason why they're better yeah i also think they're gonna be playing for their bubble life right now i think they'll be ready to go for sure i mean if they lose their first game against a wake forest or a pit i think they're out of the tournament now if they win and they get to they get another shot at Duke. I think that that helps them a lot, and they probably get into the tournament whether they win or lose against Duke. Yeah, you know, it, it also depends on if and if a team steals a steals a seed. Like if Gonzaga loses in the in their tournament, then NC State might be out. NC State I think might be out anyway at the moment because Utah State stole a bid from from San Diego State currently. Okay, so they might be out. But we'll see. We're not bracketologists. We're, I promise you. But we are interested. We are interested. <laughs> which brings us to the 7 o'clock game, which will play UVA, the winner of Notre Dame and Boston College. Who are you feeling here? So I would much rather play Boston College again, uh, even though we haven't played against them well this year. Notre Dame scares me a little bit. I think Mooney is a really good player. Um, but with that being said, I do think Notre Dame is going to beat Boston College. Boston College only plays well when they play us. And I don't think they play well against Notre Dame. Yeah, I agree. I like Notre Dame in this matchup. I just think top to bottom, they're a better team. Mm-hmm. So I'll, we'll, we'll get a preview of that one point game of the UVA Notre Dame matchup earlier, but we'll make our predictions here in a sec. Yeah. Which brings us to Syracuse versus uh, North Carolina. We're For, both saying. We're both saying North Carolina. So that's the nine o'clock game on Wednesday. What are you feeling here? I think Syracuse wins. I think North Carolina's tournament hopes are shut out. And I think Syracuse's zone is going to be too much for North Carolina, even though they've been playing a lot better. Uh, they're not really great at shooting threes. They're more of an inside-out team. I think Syracuse bottles that up. Yeah, I agree with you. And for me, it's, you know, I don't have the numbers to back this up off the top of my head, but 
you know, when you play a team it just feels as, like it. Well, as, when you play teams like UVA with the pack line defense and Syracuse with the zone defense or Florida State with their size, you know, it's really hard to come in off a day's preparation. Like you are playing the night before, and then you have to go play Syracuse the next mm-hmm. night. I think it's really hard to come in there and kind of shock the yeah. world, if you will. Right. So I just think it's a tough matchup to kind of prepare for in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they if it was a neutral court, and they each team had three days pre- to prepare UNC versus Syracuse. I'm not so sure right now, but yeah. just given the situation, I like Syracuse. You know, I really like the Wednesday games because a lot of those teams are on the bubble and a lot of them are fighting for their tournament lives right now. But the real games don't really start until Thursday when in the quarterfinals when those double by teams actually play the four best teams in the ACC and those bubble teams per se all want a shot at those double by teams because they're I think we're all locked in the tournament for now and so it'll be that's when the games really get good because the bubble teams need a win to get in and we start off with number one seed Florida State against I'm saying Clemson you're saying Miami I think Florida State wins I think Florida State Uh, Florida State you know I never like playing Florida State because they're so physical and big, mm-hmm. and those games are always like back and forth. Mm-hmm. At least when they're playing UVA, but I, you got to respect the job Leonard Hamilton's done this year. And I mean, they're just a good team, and I think they'll kind of take care of business against whoever they play. Pretty Hamilton easily. always finds the most athletic people in the country to go to Florida State, and it's frustrating as an opposing fan. But it is fun to watch because they run really well. They can shoot the ball really well. They're good at defense. They're just super long. I think Florida State makes it to the semifinals pretty easily. Which brings us to the second game, 2.30, Duke-NC State. Duke's probably going to want revenge after that blowout that well, happened. Well, they did Yeah, at home. <laughs> yeah. They got it at home, but they might want more. And they probably, knowing K. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, he is the devil. <laughs> Some might say. Some would say. But I think that NC State is also going to be want, needing this win to get in. They might. Do you think they win. need it enough to pick them? I don't know. I'm. I might pick NC State. I'm. I'm feeling it. Okay. Because because I think Markel Johnson's a great player. Uh, Funderburk is a massive man down low, and he really took Vernon Carey to work last time they were out. I know that he worked us when they beat us at UVA. I think that NC State's going to need this win, and I think that Duke, you know, with all their talent and everything, they're very inexperienced in this area of well i guess you know trey jones was on the team that won last year but at the same time i think that a lot of the team is not used to being in this position so i think nc state wins okay i'll go duke i'll go with the blue blood here and again i think it matters so much not having to play the day before me (laughs) i'm not saying i'm cheering for duke go pack but give me duke pack bride i think well so here's the thing a lot of I'm conflicted on this because when you come in cold like that after like a week off of playing or like five days off playing, sometimes you're a little slow to start. NC State would have just played the night before. They're warmed up. They know the court really well. NC State might come off hot. That's Maybe. what I'm saying. It, it could happen. It could. it could happen. I think Anything's as much possible. as I hate Kay, he's a hell of a coach. I think he'll have that team ready. Yeah, he did a really good job of defending Tomas in yeah. our game. Shut him down. Uh, next game, the game we're all waiting for, Virginia versus, uh, we both said Notre Dame, at 7 o'clock on Thursday. I'm taking the Hoos. 
Yeah, I'm taking UVA too. <laughs> it's hard. It's always hard to pick against the Who's, it but is. I got to take the Who's in this instance. Well, it was such a close game before. I think it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. I think it was fifty. Yeah, fifty to forty nine when we played in Charlottesville. But we were up for most of the game. I mean, and Notre Dame. All, we almost blew it. Yeah, for sure. But I think that it was, you know, a close game at the end, only because we we took our foot off the pedal, and hopefully we don't do that this time. Yeah, and I mean, I think the team that played the UVA team that played that Notre Dame team. You know, maybe I don't want to say they're not, they weren't as confident as this team is now, but yeah. put it the other way, I think this UVA team is playing with the most confidence they've had all season. I agree. I I like UVA in this matchup. I agree. I think that, I think that Tony is going to do a good job of getting us prepared. Hopefully Tomas can get out of this funk that he's in and hopefully the, the guys come ready to play. Which brings us to our nine o'clock game, Louisville, and we're both saying Syracuse. Yeah. How do you feel about this one? I think Louisville wins this game. I think it's going to be close. I think Syracuse also fighting for their life in the NCAA tournament. They're not really on the bubble even. They're pretty far off. But I think if they run off a couple wins against some of the top ACC teams, they could sneak their way in. Or if they ended up winning the, the ACC tournament, which would be very strange. But I think that I think Louisville will end up winning this game. I think that Louisville has a lot better three-point shooting. They, ha- they have the shooting to shoot over the the zone uh jordan nora is a good shooter ryan mcmahon is a heck of a shooter he almost won the game for for louisville uh single-handedly and nora did too but i I think louisville is physical enough inside to hang with syracuse i think that they can shoot over it as well all right so that brings us to friday semifinals final four whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. so we're both saying florida state you have florida state versus nc state i I have florida state versus duke how do you feel about that matchup? I think Florida State wins either way. I I agree. I think that I think that Florida State is good enough, and they also didn't beat Duke earlier in the season, which you know, I think that they might want that game back. I think Florida State's better than what they showed in that game, and I think they're also just playing better than NC State. Yeah, I mean, I think with the athletes they have. Yeah, and I think you know. You talk about experience a little bit. I think this is a Florida State team that's so athletic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Duke, they're not kind of the freshman phenoms they were last year, per se, where, you know, you have a Zion Williamson, you have an R.J. Barrett, those type of guys. But, you know, I I just think this is a better Florida State team and just not as good a Duke team as a year ago. I and agree. I, I just think Florida State makes more sense, regardless of whether it's Duke or NC State. I agree. And then for our semifinal game it is virginia versus louisville that'd be at nine on friday who who wins this game i hate to do it but i kind of like louisville here oh, no i kind of like <laughs> louisville here i think you know it's going to be a great game either way if uh-huh. this matchup comes and you know obviously they split the matchups and totally different games the first uva louisville game mm-hmm. versus the second one the high There's scoring shootout camp versus, Ness versus game. Yeah. this whatever we're calling rock fight close enough <laughs> might as well be um no it's I don't really have a reason either way, to be honest with you. you I just feel, feel like more it. like Louisville. And, you know, this Virginia team has battled so hard and they keep coming out on top of these close games. And like I said, I do like the fact that UVA was out in front of Louisville. But, you know, I just think overall Louisville's a bit of a better team. And, you know, I think the way to counter that if you're not as good a team is going to be with shooting. Like, can Tomas come out and shoot lights out again? Mm-hmm. I'm just not as confident in UVA's ability to do that. I think yeah. neutral floor, Louisville comes out on top. I think part of the fun of picking a bracket and, you know, looking at who who you think will win each matchup, I think part of the fun of that is 
being surprised sometimes about what you pick because like if you look at like an NCAA tournament bracket you've got 60 67 games to pick right 63 really if you don't count the first four and you you know sometimes the matchup is not what you expect it to be and you have a lower seed going farther than you think or you have a team who you don't believe in but based on the matchup they get they might go farther I think Virginia matches up really well with Louisville I think that we I think Mommy and Braxton do a great job guarding Nora I think that you know Ryan McMahon is a problem but I think we match up well with him Kihei did a great job shutting down David Johnson yesterday and their other guards I um I want to pick the who's in this case. I think that we move on to the final on Saturday. I like it. I, I like it. I like it too. I want to pick your pick. I really just think, not there yet. You know, I really think we can win the tournament. I think Virginia has every shot too. Because because we we've been in every game this season except for Purdue. Yeah, and, I mean pretty much. Yeah. yeah, South Carolina got out of control at the end, but I think we were in that game as well. With every ACC game, we have not been out of it until the very end. And I think, especially if you look at Louisville, if you look at Florida State, and if you look at Duke, even like we match up well with those teams. I think Florida State is the team that we match up least well with, just because of their size and their length. Yeah. But I, I think I think Virginia beats uh, Louisville in this game. Which brings us then to our championship game. We both have Florida State. You have Virginia. I have Louisville. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Can Florida State be beat? Yeah, I think they can. I don't know if they will. Okay. I think that they're too. I think Florida State's super deep. Florida State's built for a tournament. Florida yeah. State is deep. They have, they've had a ton of different guys be their leading scorer this year. I think uh, any of those guys that they have can really go off. They're athletic. They can shoot. They can run. They can play defense really well as well. They can win in a rock fight like they did against us at home. Uh, they can also score a lot of points. So I think either way, I think Florida State ends up being the champion. But I think Virginia or Louisville would give them a good fight. I, yeah. I think Virginia has a really good shot of winning this. I I mean, if it's a Virginia-Florida State matchup, I think Virginia has every shot in the world to do it. I would I think say so it's 50-50, but I, I don't have that. What if it's, but, Vir- it's Virginia-Duke or Virginia-NC State? I like UVA over NC State against Duke, you know— you know, I'd probably say 50-50 again. I mean, yeah. I think UVA is 50-50 in all these games, I honestly. Think so too. I mean, even Notre Dame, maybe Notre Dame, they're 60-40. But, but it's still they close. still play to the level of their opponent, yeah. as we've seen over the past two months. Yeah. So I think it can go either way. Um, I'm with you, though. I like Florida State to win the ACC tournament. I have them over Louisville. But, yeah, I like Florida State. I think they're, I think they're doing a really good job. And I think that – but, you know, Florida State does weird stuff all the time. Like, they're they're not very disciplined all the time. They, they might get tired. You know, we don't know about injuries. Refs play a huge part as well. I'm excited to see what this tournament brings. And I think this tournament is going to be really exciting, just like the NCAA tournament is going to be really exciting. I think that any any of these teams that we really talk about, with the exception of like Virginia Tech or Boston College or Wake or Pitt, I think any of them could make a run and be surprising. Yeah, I agree case. with that. So we have our ACC tournament champion here, Florida State. You know, we'll we'll evaluate kind of the bracketology stuff as it comes out. That'll be a week from today um, with the tournament bracket, at least. But how do you see more Virginia-based? You know, like I said, it'll depend, you know, on how we do in the ACC tournament. But right mm-hmm. now, you see Virginia as a six seed, a seven seed. Let's kind of wrap up with that. Yeah. So we... So a couple of different bracketologists have us anywhere from a seven to a six. And I think that, I think that it's, um, 
that's fair basically i think that a lot of people were were looking at like a 10 or a 9 or an 8 seed but realistically i think that we've played ourselves into a 7 or a 6 seed which is great you know we want the highest seed possible we want to get the the best matchup possible for us so i'm excited for that i think that it's good and you know i don't think we slide too far i mean if we lose to Notre Dame we could slide a little bit down maybe to a 8 or 9 but I think if we win, I think we stay at a seven or six, no matter what happens against in, in the semifinals or the championship game. Yeah, I, I think that's the general consensus here. And you know, I really I'm think we a, can only go up that so far. I would no. agree with that, especially if Virginia were to make it to the finals and kind of keep proving like, hey, like I know this is we're playing close games, but Virginia is consistently beating good teams. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with you. I think it's much more likely UVA goes up than down. But I also thought it was interesting, you know, the comp we keep using for this season is kind of the 2016-17 season, which was quote-unquote down year for the program. You know, UVA, they went 23-11 uh, and 11 that year overall. So actually kind of a worse record than what this UVA team has. Mm-hmm. But they were a five seed, which I thought was interesting. And of course, you know, the basketball landscape's different every year. The ACC was much stronger that year than it was this year. Yeah. But I do think it was interesting going back there. UVA was the five seed, and, you know, they beat uh unc wilmington i think kevin keats was the coach then yeah um lost second round but uh, i think it's an interesting comparison when we're looking at that that virginia does still kind of have the ceiling to go up there just based yeah. purely on how it occurred a couple years ago well you know that team was really different you know absolutely with with, with the guards that we had and really no inside presence to speak of because we were supposed to have uh, Nichols that year, but he was unable to stay on the team. Played one game. <laughs> one game. Played a really well, really good game, but unable yeah. to stay on the team, unfortunately. And London was the senior that the year. We had Kyle and Ty as freshmen. Uh, Mamadi was a freshman as well. And Jay Jay was redshirting that year, so we didn't have him. We still had Mariel. We still had Darius Thompson. We had a lot. Of, Devin was on that team. Yep. Isaiah Wilkins. Jack Salt played a lot. So we had a lot of people not a lot of inside presence. So we we were a team that lived on the three, died by the three. If we were making shots, we were good. If we were not, we were going to lose that game. And we were unable to keep up with Florida that game. Probably one of the worst games I've ever watched the UVA team play <laughs> against Florida that, that, that game. And, um, but, you know, this team is very different. We're inside out. We play, I think, a lot more solid defense than that team did. You know, we've got some people who actually know what they're doing instead of playing a lot of freshmen in those roles. And I'm excited to see what this team can do. Yeah. So we'll find out. You know, I think we'll have a better idea. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I mean, we'll probably know a week from now, but yeah. oh, exactly I'm excited to find out. And I love ACC tournament uh, basketball. It's just one of the best things. Just throw it on your computer, make a whole night out of it. It's right. awesome. So, I'm ready for this next week. I'm excited to see how this Virginia team does. And, you know, that's getting these, you know, kind of marquee wins, you know, the Louisville's, the Dukes, you know, even the way we beat Tech was a lot of fun, you know, not during the game, but at least after. So I'm excited. I'm excited about this team. I'm excited about how these next couple of weeks are going to go. And, um, you know, it's way different than I thought it was going to be a month ago. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how this team moves forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, before we do any kind of yells or anything like that. I do want to say that guys and ties, Rob and I are hosting a tournament challenge for the NCAA tournament on ESPN. So within a week, we'll know what the bracket looks like. And we are inviting everyone to join our bracket group. You can find it on ESPN tournament challenge at guys, guys in ties brackets, exclamation point. 
So I will post all the information on Twitter. We'll link it in the description of the podcast as well so that you guys can find it. But we will. We hope to see y'all join. There will be a prize for the winner, and we'll talk about more later when when we get more information on that. But <laughs> we will have a prize for the winner, and we hope that everyone joins us. It's easy. Uh, it's one bracket per person, and we'll give more information on Twitter and on our social media. But please join that because we're excited about that and want everyone to join and beat me and Rob because we're I'm, I know I'm really bad at brackets. I had like one good year, like two years ago. I was like really happy about it. And the was past it when two we years lost have just been bad. No, no. And maybe it was three years ago. Okay. It was, I think Duke won the championship that year. Maybe it was yeah. even longer ago than I thought. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not great. at okay. <laughs> Well, anyway, join that. There will be a lot of information online about that. And uh, we hope to see you in there. We want to give any yells. Sure. So I don't know. Do we want to do our modified yells? That- modified <laughs> yells? Yeah, let's go for it. So we have, you know, terrific friends of the podcast here, Austin and Bobby. <laughs> and Austin's been a guest before on the podcast. So we love having the live listen ins. We do. And, uh, you know, it's their idea since Bachelor Finale is coming up <laughs> that instead of yells, we're going to pick our Bachelor winner. We're big Bachelor guys. <laughs> I don't or and Bachelorette too. Yeah, <laughs> we go both ways. I, I love Bachelor in Paradise. I'm excited for the new the new um, bat, the music show. Uh, Listen to your heart. I'm excited for that. I'm also excited for this new Senior Bachelor that's coming out eventually. I don't know. I, there's an ad for seniors to apply to the Bachelor, but I'm excited for that. So Rob, let's start with you. Who do you think is gonna win? I don't know who I think is gonna win. I want Madison to win. You want Madison? Madison. To win. It just seems like everything you want man okay you got the auburn (laughs) connection i'm here for it give me madison you know it was actually cool to see her hometown with bruce pearl and they were playing basketball in the arena and everything um i thought it was funny that uh peter the bachelor did not know who charles barkley was it was very (laughs) obvious charles barkley oh okay (laughs) he was like oh all right awesome (laughs) but i thought that was funny and but I I think I have to pick um I think I actually don't know who wins I think Hannah Ann will be picked in the show but I don't know who Peter will end up with at the end that's okay. that's what I'm saying yeah okay yeah it's great great ending here I think it's a, it's a surprising <laughs> ending we love love here at Guys and Ties and so we're all about love we love the who's. And we're here for The Bachelor as well. So (laughs) that note, we'll wrap it up. (laughs) We we might wrap it up now. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. This has been The Guys and Ties. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat and at Guys and Ties Pod for all that bonus content that Rob puts out there. Make sure to give us a follow on Spotify and iTunes if you want to keep listening. And we will see you guys next week. Go Who's, beat Notre Dame or Boston College. Keep winning, baby. One of those things. 